Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good? It's good. Three people are doing good. I'm glad to hear that. If you don't know me, my name is Pastor Brock, and I'm the pastor here at Agape. Uh, we're so glad to have you guys out this morning and just to be able to gather as a community here. Uh, we are in right smack dab in the middle of a series called The Signs, and this is where we're just kind of walking through um, the miracles that Jesus performed throughout the book of John, and I'm really excited about this series because at the core of every message, uh, it's all about building our faith, and I'm just always excited to have my faith grow and be tested. It's not always fun having your faith grow, but then on the other side, when, when you're closer to Jesus and more like him and, and trusting him more than I don't want to be anywhere else. You know what I mean? Um, faith grows our dependence on him. We're more dependent on him. We're more in tune with him. And that's when we live under his yoke and we walk in easy and light burden that Jesus calls us to. And so that's why I, I love this series is it's a faith building series. And uh, we we're in the third part of our series, and we're looking at what we just read during that video is when Jesus heals an official's son. And so I just want to go ahead and pop that scripture up on the screen, and we'll go ahead and read that together. <coughs> it says this, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son was sick in Capernaum, um, is that right? Yeah, I think I said that right. <laughs> Having heard that Jesus had come back from Judea to Galilee, he went to meet him and began asking him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see the miraculous signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official pleaded with him, sir, do not come... Uh, do come down at once before my child dies. Jesus said, isn't that interesting how the guy's head was stuck in this situation and Jesus was trying to elevate his perspective and totally shift the way he thinks and he sees life, but so often we get bogged down by our situations that we can't see that. Jesus is not only trying to deliver us from our situation, he's trying to do a bigger and greater work in our heart. And a lot of times we check off and we ignore the greater work and the greater faith building that Jesus wants to do because we're so focused on our situation. I wonder what would happen if we took a step back and, and listened to the perspective-shifting words of Jesus and just learned how to live life under his yoke rather than getting tied down and bogged down by each situation that we face. He says, go. Your son lives. The man believed what Jesus said to him and started home. As he was already going down the road, his servants met him and reported that his son was living and was healthy. So he asked them at what time he began to get better. They said, yesterday during the seventh hour, the fever left him. Then the father realized that it was at that very hour that when Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And he said to his entire er, and he and his entire household believed and confidently trusted in him as Savior. This is the second sign 
a testing miracle that Jesus performed in Cana after he had come from Judea to Galilee, revealing that he is the Messiah. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for today. Lord, we love you. Uh, we just choose to lean into you and focus on you this morning, Lord. Pray that we can um, just look past what we're facing and, and focus on you, God, and let you shift our perspective. Lord, I just speak against hard seasons this morning. I pray that during the hard season we remind ourselves that it's just a season and that it does end and it does get better. Remind ourselves that you are good and that we can learn to trust you and love you more. God, and I just speak a consistent faith over us this morning. Just consistent walk with you. Lord, we ask all this in your name. Amen. I need to apologize if two things happen while I'm preaching. First is the computer might die because <laughs> I forgot the power cord. Second is I don't have a filter at the moment, and so I'm not responsible for anything I say. If we're all on the same page, that's good. Um, and the reason for both of those things is it's been a really tough week in our, in our house. Um, on last Saturday, we moved, and Maisie was at our Katie's mom's for the weekend, and then she came back Monday. Over the weekend, she was sick, throwing up with a fever. Came back to a new house Monday, um, and she had been just screaming the whole time uncontrollably, and like we couldn't console her, and we couldn't calm her down or really do anything. Um, and we took her into the doctor once. They gave us an antibiotic and sent us home. And I was like, wow, okay. And then we went to the doctor again, and he pumped her with steroids and then sent us home. And then it kept happening to where she would, she just started screaming and jumping, and she couldn't, like, get a breath. I'm like, well, something's going on here. It's not an ear infection, which the doctor diagnosed her with. <laughs> um, and... Because I don't know if you know this, apparently, I'm trying not to be cynical or arrogant, but apparently some doctors don't know that ear infections don't cause you to be unable to breathe. Light bulb. Um, so Thursday, um, Katie wakes up and has a fever. And uh, we go in to the emergency room then Thursday because Katie's got a fever and Maisie's freaking out, not breathing, not calming down, not sleeping, nothing. So we finally go into the emergency room, and they checked her throat, and there, uh, what happened is she had an infection in her throat, and it caused her, like, air passage to get blocked, and so she wasn't able to get a full breath. Um, and so uh, she's, she's two, so she's freaking out that she can't breathe. She doesn't know what's going on. So she can't calm down, and the more that she screams, the more her air passageway closes, the more swelling happens, and it was kind of this vicious cycle. And so finally we were able to go in, and they gave her a nebulizer, um, and that calmed down her throat and opened it up. And she was better, like, instantly. And so we thought, great, we figured it out. Um, go figure, it wasn't an ear infection. Thank you, doctor. The guy checked her ears and was like, there's no ear infection. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> with that, um, and then 
Uh, so we go home, and as soon as we get in the car from the ER the first time, just instantly starts freaking out again. <laughs> and um, so I got home, and we were home for like 20 minutes, and she was still just losing her mind. And I was like, okay, we're going to go back. So we go back in the hospital, and then we're admitted overnight. Um, and anyway, so they had to pump her with the nebulizer kind of over and over again to get her to be able to breathe. And then finally, it went down enough to where she's able to breathe. We got through the night at the hospital. Katie was at home. I was at the hospital because um, she was sick. So they're both diagnosed then with influenza A uh, and Maisie's then had turned into a throat infection as well. And so I haven't slept. <laughs> and I've been taking care of of everyone, but having your kid go through something like that makes this passage really real to me um, and really relevant to my life. And so it's no coincidence that this is what I'm preaching this week because full disclosure, I haven't prepared one second for this because I was in the hospital taking care of my girl and then in any free moment I was running home to take care of my sick wife. Um, but what I said to Kate was, I don't need to prepare for this message. I'm living this message. So we can just walk through this together. Um, it stretches your faith when your kid is going through stuff. And it's the most terrifying thing ever because you, you can't control anything. And, like, the whole time I was just praying, God, Pass that infection on to me. Let me take this. I, I want to take this pain from her. I can handle it. Let me, let me do this. Um, heal her. Just g give me what she has. Because um, I can't stand to watch this. One more second. Your kid freaking out trying to gasp for air and take a breath. That's it's not fun. Um, it's terrifying. I just kind of paced back and forth in the room and was that frantic dad, and I have no shame about it at all. But things get real when your kid is sick. And so, having, reading this story of this nobleman, or this officer, whatever, whose kid is dying, is really real, and I, f and I now understand um, slightly kind of what he was going through in this moment and, and kind of the panic that he was facing um, and, and how much faith the whole process really took for him from start to finish. So if anything this morning, I hope we all go home encouraged and full of faith, knowing that God is good despite our circumstance. That's all I want to really say today. Um, and I feel like God wants to break through in someone's life today, or maybe you need to share this message with someone, but I didn't leave my sick wife and kid at home to just come here and go through the motions. I came s to be used by God to change someone's life, and so that's what we're here for. So if you need to lean in this morning, lean in and, and, and let God work on your heart um, and let him do what only he can do this morning. Amen? I just have three points from this passage, um, and they're all having to do with, with getting your breakthrough, okay? Whatever that looks like for your life. Uh, Jesus' miracles lead to breakthrough. 
now you can bring that to your current context. You might need a physical healing. I don't know. You might need a spiritual healing. Maybe your soul is in, in just ripped to shreds and you need your soul and your spirit healed this morning. Um, I feel like that's someone. If that's you, just lean into this and, and trust Jesus through this. Um, maybe your faith is, is kind of crumbling and you need to lean into that this morning. I don't know. But whatever it is, um, let's just lean in and let God speak to us and let God shape us this morning. It's three simple points from this passage. If you want to throw it back up on the screen and just leave, leave that first part up, that'd be great. Um, my first point is this. Um, if you want breakthrough and healing, you have to meet Jesus. Now that comes from one of these verses. I don't really remember right here. Um, he went to meet him, verse 47. Having heard that Jesus had come back from Judea to Galilee, he went, the dad, went to meet him and began asking him to come down and heal his son. Do you know how much faith that took for him to meet Jesus? Because in order for the man to meet Jesus... He had to leave his son. Um, not much would have been able to get me to leave Maisie when she was hyperventilating and freaking out in the hospital. Like, I don't know what would have gotten me to actually leave. The only time I left was when she was asleep and Katie's mom was in the room and I left to go bring Katie medicine um, and check on her at home. And now, uh, I wonder a lot if we kind of get stuck in our circumstance and, and, and then blame Jesus for keeping us stuck. But I wonder if sometimes it's our unwillingness to leave the situation and meet Jesus. You notice how he obviously, he had to get to Jesus he was, he was out of answers. He was at his wits end. He didn't know what else to do. And so he said, I'm going to leave my son, my precious son, the only thing that I want to get better, what I want to heal, the breakthrough that I need. I'm going to leave this here, listen, and I'm going to go and I'm going to meet Jesus. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there wasn't Instagram back then. So Jesus was not doing an Insta story or an IG live of where he was. So this guy didn't really know Jesus' exact position at this moment. He had to go leave his son and maybe find Jesus. So he left his son who might have died. He was dying. He left on a maybe. Now that to me is faith. What are you willing to do for a maybe? Are you willing to leave the thing that you want healed the most, are you willing to let go and, and walk and meet Jesus? Or do you just want to sit and hold on and stay here because here is where I feel safe? And then you cry out. You say, Jesus, I need you to meet me in this situation. But what I wonder if Jesus is waiting for you to take that step of faith and for you to just let go of your situation and meet with Jesus, the only one who can save you from your situation. See, he had to leave his son, and I think a lot of times we get caught up and we don't want to leave our situation and we want to have control over it. See, chaos in our lives always brings us to a place of wanting to have control. 
And then we get caught in this paradox as we're trying to follow Jesus of, okay, Jesus, I want you to have responsibility uh, over the situation, but I'm not willing to give you control because at our core we don't trust him enough. And we say, Jesus, okay, you take care of this, but I'm going to hold on to it. And then we sit in this paradox that we created and this tension that, that, that we've built. And we wonder why Jesus isn't coming through. And we say, Jesus, you're the only one who can save me. Why aren't you coming through? I wonder if Jesus isn't coming through because we're not letting go of our situation and meeting with him. We're wanting him to meet us on our terms where we can have control but give him responsibility. But listen, Jesus can only... Have responsibility over your situation when you give him control over your situation. You want God to come through. If you want God to break through, if you want your faith to get to new heights, if you want healing for your soul, you have to let go and trust Jesus and, 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 let, and leave your situation and say, Jesus, I'm going to meet with you, whatever that looks like, no matter how hard it is, Jesus, I trust you with this situation. You have the outcome. Only you can do it. And so I'm letting go control. That's faith. I think a lot of times we think that faith is just throwing up prayers to heaven hoping for the best, but faith is a step in saying, I'm letting go. I'm leaving this. It's in your hands. Because I know that, Jesus, you're the only one that can break through. You're the only one that can heal me. You're the only one that can fix this. You're the only one that can turn this around. And so I'm going to let go and I'm going to meet with you wherever you're at. And when our desire to meet with Jesus is greater than our desire to have control over our situation, that's when breakthrough can happen. That's when healing can happen. That's when destiny can happen. That's when clarity washes over us. That's when the peace that surpasses all understanding becomes more than a Bible verse that we read, but something that we experience and something that we live in. But we have to let go. And we have to leave sometimes and meet with Jesus and just let him do what only he can do. Second point is this, to believe Jesus. Meet Jesus, believe Jesus. Throw the other one back up. Not the first one. The royal official pleaded with him, Sir, do come down at once before my, my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go. Your son lives. The man believed what Jesus said to him and started home. 
Now, when we meet with Jesus, I think we have this expectation of some crazy voodoo magic thing that's going to happen. And, okay, I left my situation, and now I showed my faith, and I met with Jesus. Now he's going to do a triple backflip, and in midair he's going to wave his finger, and then I'm going to see something shoot out of his finger and go on to my house, and then I know that my son is healed. <laughs> I, maybe that's just me, and I think it's going to be some, like, crazy experience, or I'm going to come and get prayed for for my struggle, and I'm going to come and get prayed for for healing, and I'm going to instantly feel like, oh, I'm a new, like, instant, instantly a new person. Like, but it doesn't always happen like that. So he met with Jesus and just told him about the situation after leaving his son. And then Jesus, the thing Jesus said is, get away, <laughs> go. Go, your son lives. And it was very anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. We've, if you've grown up around church, we've been trained to um, have these peak moments at camp or during our prayer altar response times. And um, those are the moments where, you know, God is real and he's not real in the mundane. But God is more real in the mundane than a fabricated emotional moment. Uh, that that's a part of an environment that's been created by man. <laughs> Not that God can't move there because he can and he does, but I'm saying that God is more real in the mundane. God is more real when he just simply says, go, your son lives. Go, your, your, your soul is healed. Go, that your breakthrough is here. Go, your calling is made clear. Um, go, your relationship is fixed. Go, uh, uh, your destiny is sealed. Go, your past is forgiven. And, and it's a lot more simple sometimes. And we build it up to this big thing. And then so when it's not this big, aha, crazy, wild moment, then what happens, or maybe I'm just talking to myself, is that I don't believe Jesus. And so it's hard for me then to go back because I think I'm just going to be going back into my situation. I'm going to be going right back into my mess. The, the guy in the scripture thinking I'm just going to go back and to my son dying and nothing is going to change because, Jesus, you didn't do anything. You ever feel like that? You come to church or you're praying at home. Like, Jesus, you didn't, you didn't do anything. But maybe he's just saying, just go, just live your life. And if you believe me, then you're going to be healed. Then your son is healed. Then your situation is taken care of. We've got to believe Jesus. And it's crazy how this guy had to exercise a lot of faith to leave his son and to meet with Jesus. And then it's the same amount of faith to, to leave Jesus and go back to his son. So he spent more time in this in-between space where he didn't know what was going on, going to meet with Jesus and then leaving Jesus. And a lot of times we like the comfortable zones, but a lot of following Jesus and believing in Jesus and trusting Jesus is, is living in this in-between and, and just walking 
and just knowing that God is working it through. And so if I believe Jesus, then I can just keep going in peace. If I believe Jesus, even if it's not some crazy moment, I know that he is still good, and I know that he has a plan, and maybe it might take time to work it out. And maybe I just need to walk with Jesus for a while. And as I walk with him, he's going to continue to heal my heart. He's going to continue to heal your soul. He's going to continue to fix your situation. He's going to continue to set you free from your past. He's going to continue to speak a new identity and a new future over your life as you go. But a lot of times then we don't go because we don't fully believe in Jesus. And it's crazy that even when Jesus says something, there's a, often a part of us that still doesn't believe. And we don't believe because we don't see it right away. That's why point number two isn't look at the miracle. Point number two is believe Jesus even when it doesn't happen. I got to believe Jesus. So I'm going to go back and trust that he's got this taken care of. But see, when we live in anxiety, that happens when we don't believe. And it's weird because a lot of times we engage and we meet with Jesus, but we don't fully believe his, him at his word. And then we live in a state of anxiety even though he has the outcome in his hands. And so I guess what I want to say from this point is that we just got to take Jesus at his word. And if he spoke it, it's true. If Jesus spoke it over your life and you know it's clear, it's true. And with Jesus, it almost never happens the way that we think it's going to. With Jesus, it almost always takes more time than we think it's going to. Either that or it looks completely different than I think it's going to. I wonder if you're praying through for a breakthrough, but you're praying for the wrong breakthrough because you're praying something specific rather than just meeting Jesus and praying for his will. I don't want to pray for a breakthrough. I don't want to pray for a certain narrative that I've created. I just want to pray God's will and believe him and walk with him. How freeing is that? Just to walk with Jesus even when life sucks. I'm just going to walk with Jesus, even when everything seems backwards and doesn't seem to be going right, I'm going to walk with Jesus. Even when my child is gasping for air and she can't breathe and I'm praying over her, God, would you heal her in this moment and let her breathe? And she continues to gasp for air and freak out and flail on a hospital, hospital bed. I'm going to walk with 
Jesus, I am going to trust you because I'm giving control back to you, and it is your responsibility, God. I can't walk with this weight on my shoulders anymore. I believe you that you are good, and I wonder how much easier and light the burden of our lives would be if we truly believed Jesus. I think that we believe that he can break through in other people's lives, but we don't believe that he can break through in our lives. And so we don't trust him and and we don't listen to him. And I want to speak over someone this morning who's watched God break through in other people's lives, who's watched God align their steps, and you feel like you're forgotten and you feel like you're stuck. I want to tell you that God has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He has a plan for you. It just looks different than your friends. It looks different than what you've prayed for. You just have to believe him and walk with him under the easy and light burden and give him control and give him responsibility and just let go and just live life and enjoy the moment and let's let let's just watch God work from that because it doesn't always happen right away now we did get sent home from the hospital and it did Work out. Maisie is breathing. But it didn't happen right in that moment. And that's kind of it's confusing in the moment. But I just want us to see that there's always a higher perspective. And if we're praying God's will, then we can just trust that whatever happens, it's in his hands. How long have I been talking here? Holy crap. Okay, point number three. (laughs) Point number three is this. You can throw the last section up on the screen. We got to trust Jesus. Meet Jesus, believe Jesus, trust Jesus. Your son lives, he said. And he and his entire household believed And I love this, and confidently trusted in him as Savior. Believed and confidently trusted. I think we trust Jesus a lot, but we don't confidently trust Jesus. And there's a gap between Jesus, I trust you, and I confidently trust you. And the perspective shift that we need to have to go from Uh, shaky trust to confident trust is to stop trusting Jesus and praying for your situation and just trust that he's the savior of your soul. Look at this. They trusted in him as savior. I want to stop praying for situations and just praying and reminding myself of the truth that Jesus is my savior. He can change your situation, but not change your soul. And I don't know about you, but I want God to change my soul. And I care a lot less about the situation because I know that if he's my savior, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven and that all the situations and all the trials of life are going to be taken care of by him and I get to spend eternity in his abundant peace. I wonder if the peace that Jesus speaks over our life 
has a lot less to do with our current situation and a lot more to do with eternity in heaven. And some of it is just enduring crap and going through hard situations. They trusted in him as Savior. Who cares your situation if Jesus is your Savior? I don't want to make light of your situations. We all go through stuff and it's scary. But I just want to elevate your perspective to Jesus is your Savior. So when I'm going through a tough situation, I can remind myself, Jesus, I trust you as my Savior. So when I do that and I remind myself of that, then my situation seems to get smaller because I'm reminded of how good and great God's love is. And I'm reminded that he's my Savior. And I'm reminded that in my past I was broken and he set me free. In my past my soul was shattered and he healed me. My, my, my past was full of sin and regret and mistakes. And if I trust Jesus as Savior, I can walk through that and out of that and be set free of that. My past was, was held down by depression and anxiety, but I can walk in freedom because of Jesus, because he's my Savior, and because he's my Savior, he set me free. So I am free, and he is good, and I trust him confidently, not because my situation is not changing, but my, he's my Savior, and that's so much greater than my situation. Jesus doesn't want to just save you from your situation. He wants to save your soul. He wants your soul. And we say, God, I need you to help me through this. And I wonder if he's telling us sometimes, I just need you to trust me. And I want to just be your savior and get you through this. Sometimes we go through situations and they're just freaking hard. And life is hard. And it doesn't go the way that we want it to. And we just need to trust that, Jesus, you're my Savior. At the end of this, no matter how this plays out, my soul is secure. And if my soul is secure, then the situation does not matter as much as the fact that my soul is saved by you. Am I talking to anybody in this room this morning? Jesus is our Savior. Matt, can you come up and help me shut this down so I stop talking? A lot of times I look at this scripture as I do, and I think that I often interject myself or as the wrong character. Because I love how much faith this nobleman had, had, and I love how I can apply it to my life directly, and I think you can apply it to your life as well. But oftentimes... I wonder if in this narrative, a more accurate picture of the gospel is not that we are the nobleman asking Jesus for help. I think that oftentimes we more relate to the dying child in the bed. And a perspective-shifting picture is that the nobleman, I wonder if that's a picture of Jesus. And I wonder if Jesus is really a picture of God the Father. You see, the nobleman would do anything to save his son. 
He would, he would have done anything to save his son. If you don't have kids, believe me, he'll do anything to make your kid okay. You'll sacrifice your life. You'll, you'll, you'll ask for pain to come upon you to take therapy. Like, you'll do anything for your kid. And so oftentimes, I'm not even the guy that has lots of faith. I'm not the guy with the answers. Oftentimes, I'm just the sick kid that's dying in the bed. And Jesus is the Savior. So I want to speak to someone this morning who relates more to the sick kid who's just been dying and you feel like you're shutting down and nothing's working out in your life and you'd barely trust Jesus, you barely love him, you question his existence and you feel like everything is a mess and it's shutting down. I want to speak to you and I want to remind you that Jesus loves you so much. He gave his life for you so that he could be the savior of your soul. I'm just the sick kid dying in bed, and Jesus is the one with the faith that made me whole and saved me, and now I get to live because of his faith and his sacrifice and what he did. And so I want us just to be reminded that maybe we're the sick one that's dying in bed, and we just need to trust Jesus. And know that he has the outcome. That if we give it up control, he has control. In our soul, in our situation, in our destiny, is his responsibility. Not yours. Think about how helpless the child was. He was just laying there, wondering, am I going to die? Can I make it through this? And he did nothing. Sometimes the greatest act of faith is to do nothing and trust that Jesus is going to go take care of it. That kid just did nothing and trusted that as his dad left, I'm sure he was freaked out. I thought, Dad, why are you leaving? I might die. You ever feel like you're dying and you're left alone and Jesus leaves you? I wonder if he's leaving you to take care of you. I wonder if he's leaving you to heal you. I wonder if he's leaving you to to get you out of the situation that you're in. And you just need to lay there and sit there and trust Jesus and just do all that you can to breathe. And just do all that you can to get through the day and say, Jesus, I trust you. I think the greatest act of faith in our lives is often do. Doing nothing and saying, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Let's pray. God, we just trust you this morning, and I pray that even if that looks like doing nothing, we can just learn to do that and learn to trust you well and learn to love you well. God, I pray that we can do what we can to meet with you. We can do what we can to believe you. We can do what we can to trust you And know that you are our Savior and that our souls are healed because of you, Lord. And I do speak for the ones, over the ones this morning who do need healing. I pray that this moment is a moment of healing for them, a moment of triumph that you can just break through, God. We don't have to have a big special prayer, but you would just simply 
in, in your simple, beautiful, pure way, just breakthrough in their lives this morning. God, heal the, me- the, the, the torn souls this morning, Jesus. Uh, heal the doubt, heal the fear, heal the anxiety, God, in your name. Lord, I pray for the one who's questioning you this morning that they would just trust and walk with you and watch you work and remind themselves that you are their Savior, the ones that have walked away and slipped away, that they'd be brought back into your arms this morning. God, we just love you so much. And we trust you. In your name, amen.